the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back and happy November 11th, 2020. There's a lot going on in the news and we'll get to it shortly, but you know me. I distrust the frenzy and crisis imposed on us by partisans and news media alike. I think they are distractions. I think they are used to cause further distractions. And I think they are ginned up for profit and political suasion, if not propaganda. The Roman poet Virgil put it, Here too things mortal touch the soul. I like to think they still do. So if you'll allow me, because but for the exertions of better men than myself, we wouldn't even be able to have the luxury of the frenzies and crises we do have or be able to criticize them. Happy Veterans Day. Now we say happy because it's not Memorial Day. It is more of a day of honor and valor, not of death, but of life, certainly not in celebration of war. Armistice Day is what this was once called, after all. But in ending of wars for good or great or just or noble ends, and we thus honor all men and women in uniform, those still with us and those who've passed on. And so we honor great men and women who have kept us and so many others free and freed so many who have been captured by other men and women or by horrible ideologies weaponized by the arms of other men and women. Mostly, I take it, though, it's a day to commemorate and celebrate great Americans who achieved great things. There are so many stories, and I want yours. If you were a soldier, if you are a soldier in any of the armed services or have a good story about one, this is your day and your day to call in and share it with us. Please do. One of my regrets in life is that I did not press my dad for more of his stories. He didn't talk about them much, and so I suppose I was respecting that as a child. In retrospect, I wished I respected history just a little more and pressed him for some more stories. But my dad, Eugene Liebson, was a World War II veteran. He fought in the Pacific Theater, including in the Battle of Okinawa. It lasted nearly three months, and over 18,000 Americans were killed in those three months, 13,000 of them in action. Contemplate that for a moment, the kinds of wars and battles we wrung our hands over then and now. One battle, more than 10,000 men died, three months. My dad then went on to occupy Hiroshima two months after we dropped the bomb there. He would have been likely killed in the invasion force that was our other option without the bomb. Thank God for Truman. I still wonder if Hollywood actors who didn't think Ellen DeGeneres should have met with George W. Bush because they called him a warmonger and war criminal, if she could have met with FDR or Harry Truman, were, they, were she alive in the 1940s and 1950s. Dad then came home as a sergeant from the Army Air Corps, went to college on the GI Bill, then to medical school and raised his family here. Obviously, he's my favorite veteran, as he is my favorite American and man. Again, I'd love to hear about yours. 
But there is no shortage of amazing stories from every war we've been in. I always tell the story of Guy Gabaldon. I tell it every year. He passed away 14 years ago. I love his story. Here's how we have it in the American Patriots' almanac. On his first night on the island of Saipan in June 1944, Marine Private Guy Gabaldon slipped out of camp on his own and returned with two Japanese prisoners. His commanders told him that if he left his post again, he'd be court-martialed. But the next night, he disappeared again and came back with 50 prisoners. After that, his superiors let him go on his lone wolf missions whenever he wanted. Gabaldon wasn't simply after prisoners. He was trying to save lives. American troops had stormed Saipan and the Mariana Islands to break the Japanese defense line in the Pacific and to secure a site for an air base. The Japanese tried to hold the island with desperate suicide charges. Gabaldon figured that more prisoners meant fewer casualties. Just 18 years old, Guy Gabaldon had learned street smarts from growing up in, East Los Ange- in the East Los Angeles barrios. He also knew some Japanese thanks to a childhood friendship with a Japanese-American family. His strategy was simple. Working alone, he would creep up to an enemy-held cave or bunker, call out that the Marines were nearby and assure the Japanese that they would be tolerated with dignity if they would lay down their arms. I must have seen too many John Wayne movies because what I was doing was suicidal, Gabaldon later said, but his plan kept working. One day, Gabaldon persuaded some 800 Japanese soldiers to surrender and follow him back to American lines. His astounded comrades nicknamed him the Pied Piper of Saipan. Before being wounded by machine gun fire, he captured some 1,500 prisoners. Gabaldon's bravery earned him the Navy Cross, and Hollywood made a movie, Hell to Eternity, about him. But his greatest reward was knowing that in the midst of a bloody Pacific battle, he had single-handedly saved many American lives. There's untold numbers of these stories. For where do we find these men? We find them in America. They rose up to defend America, be it on this plot of land or elsewhere, which is why we find them here. I hope to do a lot of tributes to veterans today because they and we Americans deserve it. They earned it, and we must aspire to keep earning it. You've heard me lament the downgraded state of patriotism here. You can thank the cultural and academic left for that. Me? I'll stick with the Leaven, which binds together the entire fabric of our country, to borrow the words of Douglas MacArthur. And all who are privileged to live here and all who are privileged to come here, we can rest well knowing, whatever they may think, that they are the product of that leavening, too. I think I should like to close with the man who, more than any other, captured the soul of America, Ronald Reagan. In his 1985 Veterans Day address at Arlington Cemetery, he said this, The living have a responsibility to remember the conditions that led to the wars in which our heroes died. Perhaps we can start by remembering this, that all of those who died for us and our country were, in one way or another, victims of a peace process that failed. Victims of a decision to forget certain things, to forget, for instance, that the surest way to keep a peace going is to stay strong. Weakness, after all, is a temptation It tempts the pugnacious to assert themselves. But strength is a declaration that cannot be misunderstood. 
Strength is a condition that declares actions have consequences. Strength is a prudent warning to the belligerent that aggression need not go unanswered. Peace fails when we forget what we stand for. It fails when we forget that our republic is based on firm principles, principles that have real meaning, that with them we are the last best hope of man on earth, and without them we're little more than simply the crust of a continent. Peace also fails when we forget to bring to the bargaining table God's first intellectual gift to man, common sense. Common sense gives us a realistic knowledge of human beings and how they think, how they live in the world, what motivates them. Common sense tells us that man has magic in him, but also clay. Common sense can tell the difference between right and wrong. Common sense forgives error, but it always recognizes it to be error first. We endanger the peace and confuse all issues when we obscure the truth. When we refuse to name an act for what it is, when we refuse to see the obvious and seek safety in Almighty, Peace is only maintained and won by those who have clear eyes and brave minds. Peace is imperiled when we forget to try for agreements and settlements and treaties, when we forget to hold out our hands and strive, when we forget that God gave us talents to use in securing the ends he desires. Peace fails when we forget that agreements once made cannot be broken without a price. Each new day carries within it the potential for breakthroughs progress. Each new day bursts with possibilities. And so, hope is realistic and despair a pointless little sin. And peace fails when we forget to pray to the source of all peace and life and happiness. I think sometimes of General Matthew Ridgway, who, the night before D-Day, tossed sleepless on his cot and talked to the Lord and listened for the promise that God made to Joshua, I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. We're surrounded today by the debt of our wars. We owe them a debt we can never repay. All we can do is remember them and what they did and why they had to be brave for us. All we can do is try to see that other young men never have to join them. Today as never before we must pledge to remember the things that will continue peace. Today as never before we must pray for God's help in broadening and deepening the peace we enjoy. Let us pray for freedom and justice in a more stable world. And let us make a compact today with the dead, a promise in the words for which General Ridgeway listened. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. In memory of those who gave the last full measure of devotion, may our efforts to achieve lasting peace gain strength. And through whatever coincidence or accident of timing, I tell you that a week from now, when I am thousands of miles away from Believe me, the memory and the importance of this day will be in the forefront of in my, mind, in my mind and in my heart. Thank you, Ronald Reagan. Thank you, veterans. God bless you and the cause you served and serve. I'm Seth Leibson. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, 602-508-0960. Love to hear your thoughts, uh, any any memories of or stories of veterans, of course, uh, today, Veterans Day, and thank you, veterans. Um, I'm also curious to know how you, if you are a Trump supporter or a Trump voter, how you are feeling right about now. Uh, where on the dial is your political uh, and um, eventuating mood? 
Uh, are you optimistic? Are you hopeful? Just I think a little bit less than optimistic. Are you resigned? Um, or are you um, at any kind of peace? I'd love to know. 602-508-0960. And um, let me just... Um, let me just uh, re- read something that I think is just really very good, and it's from Rachel Bovard over at the American Mind, AmericanMind.org. She says she writes, elections don't make democracies. Free and fair elections do. Today, in the midst of post-election chaos, we find ourselves in a fight for the latter. In that sense, this election is about far more than Donald Trump the man or even his policies. The question is this. Either democracy survives or one political party will be allowed to bully its way into power. The stakes at this moment in this country that we love cannot be higher. Some Republicans are used to losing and habituated to concession. But the president and the largest number of voters for any Republican in American history know that fighting until the end is necessary and winning is not wrong. For five years... The Democratic Party and their allies in the corporate media, the coddled government bureaucracies and the big tech platforms have fought Trump with every weapon at their disposal. They uncritically and feverishly repeated every deranged theory that Trump was really a Russian asset operating as Putin's Manchurian candidate and then cheered on his impeachment for it. An FBI lawyer altered evidence to spy on a U.S. citizen while texting Viva la Resistance to his colleagues. When less than a month before the election, Facebook and Twitter outright banned the circulation of a New York Post story involving corruption in the Biden family, media outlets happily did the same. The New York Times accused Trump of faking his post-COVID White House appearance with a green screen and using secret Twitter code to activate right-wing extremists. CNN is now settling libel suits for its role in instigating a vicious social media campaign and physical threats against a Catholic high school kid, all for the crime of wearing a MAGA hat. Media outlets that breathlessly ran with a fake story about Trump killing an entire pond of koi fish refused to cover the violent riots that broke out across the country this summer. They stood in front of buildings that were literally on fire, claiming the protests were fiery but mostly peaceful. They told us that border walls don't stop illegal immigration, riots don't spread COVID, though schools and church services could, and that Joe Biden would win in a landslide. Congressional Democrats, meanwhile, ran on a platform meant to fundamentally reshape our institutions in order to reshape the country with a permanent Democrat majority. Packing the Supreme Court isn't about checks and balances. It's about institutionalized Democratic power, Democratic Party power, adding D.C. and Puerto Rico as states. It's not about benevolence. It's about adding four additional Democratic Party senators. Abolishing the Electoral College isn't about some distorted notion of fairness. It's about cementing an outsized role for coastal urban centers in selecting our president. Yet these are the people, the alliance of mainstream media, big tech platforms, and a Democratic Party hell-bent on accumulating and permanently fortifying power for themselves, who want you to believe that the unmonitored vote, the unmonitored vote counting, of unprecedented numbers of mail-in ballots, which mysteriously continue to appear, as though summoned, are completely above board. They want you to listen as they lecture to you about what's good for the country. They want you to believe them when they paint every good-faith Republican effort to ensure democratic transparency as fascist tyranny. They want to shame you into meek submission 
for democracy. Well, no. They have not earned our trust, and they do not deserve it. They should be given no political quarter. This election is about the presidency, yes, but more than any other, it's about who will rule. The militant woke inquisitionists who think healing America involves excluding half of it, or Donald Trump, the chaotic TV personality who careened into D.C., guns blazing, and accidentally unmasked the stinking institutional rot of Washington's uniparty corruption. There's only one option available for the United States Constitution and its supporters. The fight of this election is as much existential as it is political. It is between a party that will defend our way of life, however imperfectly, and a party that has every intention of crushing it. Every legal vote must be counted. Every measure must be taken. Not an inch should be given, not just for one side or the other, but to restore a modicum of faith and mechanisms of America's election and governance. The militant left that has lied to America countless times cannot be trusted suddenly to tell the truth about what's happening. Open the count. Line up observers. Ensure every vote cast is a legal one. If there are discrepancies, they must be explained rather than dismissed. Our self-government requires consensus. That consensus is fragile. For without trust at its foundation, it will shatter. The 71 million people who cast a vote for Donald Trump deserve this transparency as much as every other American voter. This is the fourth quarter, and we have no cho choice but to leave it all on the field. We may lose, but we must do so battle-scarred, fighting like our ability to live as free-thinking, free-speaking, free-praying people of one nation depends on it. Because these last four years have shown how much it truly does. Think about all the criticisms that the Trump campaign, Donald Trump and supporters of his are taking. Think about all the criticisms waged at him. What is the crime? What is the big crime here? Think about it. Just step back a moment and think about what the big crime here is. Well, son of a gun, that tyrant is exercising legal rights by filing suits and stays in courts of law. That's what the tyrant is doing. He's filing claims through lawyers in courts of law, state and federal. That's who this big great tyrant is over the question of the integrity of an election, which the Democrats said they should not concede on election night if it was called for Donald Trump. That's what's going on here, folks. Not more than that. I know they've been licking their lips for four years. I know that. I know that. I think they should have to lick just a little longer when it comes to the integrity of our elections, don't you? Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. 34 after the hour means it's our culture and economy update with John Dombrowski from Grand Canyon Planning Associates. GrandCanyonPlanning.com is the website, his website. Hi, J.D. How are you today? Hey, nothing like a good banjo. Yeah, right? Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> nice. Love, I love that. Uh, in that the 1800s, I think that was in, uh, invented. Was it? The banjo, yes. Really? Early 1800s. Joel Sweeney. Was the first star wow. to perform on the banjo in eighteen hundred? Yeah. No kidding. Yeah, on this day in eighteen hundred? No, but uh, 
It just there was nothing else really exciting. Okay. And, and your See. banjo music sounded fun. Good. It is. Yeah. <laughs> Good for you, JD. Um, stocks today. Yes. I want to talk to you about end of year expectations mm-hmm. in a moment, if I can. But sure. stocks today. We were uh, talking the other day, yesterday, I think it was, about um, rotation. Yeah, rotation. <laughs> and we were talking about how some of the tech stocks weren't uh, yeah. doing so. Great uh, day before, but they seem to have rallied today. Yeah, yeah what a difference a day makes, yeah. right? And that's what I think we briefly touched on yesterday. Uh, and that's not un- unusual for the markets. We, we see a, a one sector or a number of sectors that pull, uh, pull back after having some great gains. Uh, there's some profit-taking being done, and then there comes a point when there's a, a real uh, – uh, most likely a look and say, hey, wait a minute, why, why are these stocks pulling back? The value of them maybe have dropped too much. Uh, we saw people coming back into technology again today. And uh, the Dow was just semi-flat. It was just down 23 points today after its big gains it had over the past couple of days. Uh, but the NASDAQ and the S&P 500 both did very well today. Good. Now, as we're heading towards the end of the year, what mm-hmm. might we expect or what is it that we usually see? So, of course, there's never a guarantee, right? right? But we can look back at history and see what has happened. Yeah. And uh, in the month of October, even though we're through October right now, since 1950, the average return uh, for, for stocks was on the S&P 500 up uh, about eight-tenths of a percent. Over the last 20 years, though, 1.4%, and over the past 10 years, 1.89%, just mm-hmm. in that one month of October. Okay. Now, pre-election, this is interesting drops substantially down to uh, a tenth of a percent. Hmm. Okay. November, a little different. Since 1950, up 1.56% in the month of November. Uh, for the last 20 years, up 1.18%. And over the past 10 years, 1.88% in the month of November. And again, pre-election, though, 0.29%. Mm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. And then December, though, this is kind of interesting, Uh, 1.45% since 1950, less than 1% for the past 20 years, less than a third of 1% for the past 10 years in December. However, in a pre-election year, up almost 3% in the month of December. In an election year. Yeah, isn't that interesting? Yeah, sure is. Otherwise, November tends to be a pretty good month, it It sounds like. Seems like so, yes, except in a pre-election or year. Yeah, interesting. So if you're thinking about getting into the market... Now might be a good time to think about that. You know, that. there's there's two schools of thought okay. on that, right? Because yeah. we still do have some uncertainty out there. But there have been some uh, larger um, prognosticators out there who are very well recognized who have been stating that this could be a, a good uh, 2021 and 2022 coming up, no matter what happens mm-hmm. in, the, in with the election. So uh, stocks are poised maybe to make a move forward. That's what some are saying. Uh, I would say, of course, it depends on your situation. If you've got time on your side, the market has proven over time that it can perform, uh, give it, given its opportunity. So uh, it's, again, just being cautious and careful of what sectors of the market that you're investing in based on current economic conditions are always critical. Do you think markets get a little nervous when they hear about – when they hear talk of more shutdowns or lockdowns? I would think so, yeah. and it's very possible too, Seth, that, again, that's maybe why some of the reversal on some of the tech – Yeah companies because again you know just because there's a vaccine out there yes it means that it's possible things will begin to open up but we know that's not going to be for 
another three to six months at least, right. and uh, some are talking the summer of 2021. Right. So again, I think a good diversified portfolio is the key to any successful right. that's your uh, backstop. plan, right. and uh, that's that's I think the direction that most people need to go in. And if they need help with that, that's certainly what I can help with if they have time and want to sit down and talk with me. Yeah, you're the best, John Dombrowski. Thank you, sir. Thank you so much. Again, GrandCanyonPlanning.com. You can request an appointment there. Securities and advisory services offered to Client One Securities LLC, a member of Finra and Sipic, and an investment advisor. Grand Canyon Planning Associates LLC and Client One Securities LLC are not affiliated. Thanks so much, Seth. Bless you. Talk to you later. All right. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. As the weather changes, this is not the time to lose your energy. It's not the time to lose or let your immunity soften. You want to keep your health up and improved. You want to boost your immunity. You want what I've been taking. I just love it. Balance of nature. I take it every single day. Have been for a year. It's the most efficient whole food supplement product on the market filled with great stuff in one daily dose in vegetarian capsules. Everything from mangoes to pineapple and papayas, zucchini, broccoli, garlic, cayenne pepper. Just as I say, great potent healthy stuff to boost your immunity and keep you healthy. They have a great deal over at Balance of Nature. Free shipping and 35% off any new preferred order of your fruits and veggies. Give them a call at 800-246-8751 or go to balanceofnature.com. Make sure to use discount code balances. First time in my memory that I've gone a year without getting sick, and I attribute it to balance of nature. Rick is in Phoenix. Hi, Rick. Hello there, my friend Seth. How are you, sir? Well, I'm doing great, and this is actually President-elect Rick in Phoenix. Okay. <laughs> Why? Are, uh, yes, all right. You, fit, you 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 check off all the uh, all the categories here. It's not my idea, and it wasn't JD's idea. But okay. I heard a caller to Seth uh, Gorka today, Seb Gorka uh, today, suggest that all of us should start self-identifying as president-elect <laughs> because we can self-identify any way we want, right? I suppose it's, if it's your truth, yes. Yeah. So, so we might as well self-identify as president-elect. President I mean, if Joe Biden could do it, <laughs> okay. you know. Okay. <laughs> okay, now something more serious. Yes, sir. Although that's kind of serious. Um, I, I heard a caller. Uh, no, I didn't hear a caller. I heard a, a, a clip on Gorka's show. Uh, some guy was interviewing some wonk, and she was saying that the military movements that President Trump is making should have everyone in the country very concerned that he's going to do a military coup. <laughs> now, my question is, since you're a, since you're a, well, and she was serious, I guess. Okay, you know? so the left is going to start buying guns, is that it? Yeah, okay. yeah. So, no, my question is, because you're a, you're a, a lawyer and you, you know these things, if somebody yells fire in a crowded theater, that is uh, a, a criminal offense, right? Well, it's an interesting question. First of all, they have to falsely yell fire. Let's not forget the, the oh, original okay. Oliver and Wendell Holmes uh, attribution is uh, you can't falsely yell fire okay. in a crowded theater. 
Um, but in and of itself, it may be a criminal offense if it endangers someone or leads someone to immediate uh, immediate harm. Immediate okay. harm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, can then, be. It can be. So, in a way, in other words, you know, it's speech that's not protected if there's a criminal code against it, so to speak. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. So, in a way, I guess what I'm thinking or suggesting, and 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 maybe this won't fill the bill, but for her to. You know, seriously say something like that on one of these, uh, you know, on one of these shows. It seems to me that that's getting really close to um, <laughs> to yelling. Fire well, I'll, t- I'll tell you what I hear when I hear it. I'll, I'll tell you what I find amazing, and and it was probably done on, I'm guessing, MSNBC or CNBC. God knows, yeah. it could be at Fox at this point, though. Given yeah, what right, we know about right. Fox, probably done on one of the cable networks. Is my point. Yeah, and um. What's interesting is that people have gotten away with saying these things for years, and yeah. that includes congressmen. I mean, yeah. Il- Ilan Omar's statement in front of the House of Representatives that Donald Trump is a um, is a dictator tyrannizing our communities. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, none of that. Oh, oh, or Joe Biden. How about this? How about Joe Biden throughout the campaign saying Donald Trump is responsible for 200,000 deaths? Yes. You know, right. none of the anchors censor that. Right. Neil Cavuto doesn't cut away from a Joe Biden speech or from anyone postulating that Donald Trump is going to engage in some kind of um, military coup to maintain office Yeah, without yeah. any evidence whatsoever. In fact, against all evidence in the case of 200,000 deaths that are squarely on the shoulders of Donald Trump. They never cut away from that, and they let this kind of stuff fly all the time. Yeah. But heaven forfend, or God forbid, we have a filing of allegations of fraud and talk about it from the mouth of the White House press secretary. That gets cut away from. Yeah. Heaven forfend, um, we have um, laptops and emails and direct witnesses, not anonymous sources, with a pretty big story about corruption in the Biden family and countries like China and Ukraine, heaven forfend that that should get published anywhere in the news media or reported on CNN or MSNBC. But this notion that the president's going to engage in a coup, the... Former candidate for president for the Democratic Party, Hillary Clinton, said a month ago, two months ago, sorry, two months ago, if Donald Trump is declared the winner on election night, Joe Biden should not concede. Yeah, yeah. And then her comms director threw her fist in the air like this was a great rallying point. I'm so glad you said that, Hillary. Yeah, Um, yeah. The... Hillary team, including Hillary herself, including former president of the United States, Jimmy Carter, said that Donald Trump's past four years of the presidency were illegitimate due to Russian collusion. Yeah. All of that flies. All of that flies. But the cable networks will routinely censor Donald Trump and his spokesman. Neil Cavuto will cut away from the White House press secretary as she's about to give evidence, saying there is no evidence. He's saying there is no evidence as she's about to give the evidence. Um, The networks have never cut away from these kinds of 
this kind of trash talk that you're talking about, Rick. Yeah, you're you're right. And you're right. I don't. I haven't even mentioned the Steele dossier. I haven't yeah. even mentioned it. I haven't even yeah. mentioned it. And of course, the president of the United States gets censored by Twitter or fact checked every time he posts. Um, th- this is what we've been living with. Now, are these crimes? No, not really. They're not crimes in the in the in the legal sense. But are they political and moral manipulations and in some sense, thus election interference? Yeah, you bet they are. You bet they are. It is not voter fraud, but it certainly is the engagement of fraud on the American people when you operate this way as a as a quote unquote credible media. They're not credible. That's how I see it. You have done a great But you didn't job. tell me your temperature as a conservative, so do that when we come back, okay? Okay. I want to know how people are feeling. I'm Seth. We'll be right back. I, lo- I love thinking about those restaurants. You know I do. Those Sammy Kershaw-type restaurants, lobster tanks and slow gin fizzes. When's the last time anyone ordered a slow gin fizz? <laughs> goodness knows. Goodness knows. Six zero two five zero eight zero nine six zero. I'm trying to take the temperature of the movement, temperature of you guys. How are you feeling? Optimistic, hopeful, concerned, doubtful, pessimistic, um, negative, positive. Where are you? Rick, where are you? Well, the last gin fizz came out my nose, so I swore off of those. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> okay. Seriously. There was uh, a cartoon character you have a laugh like. Uh-oh. Yeah, no, and he was like Scruffy the police dog or something yeah. like that. I can't think of it. I think it. you're right. I, I think I know who you're talking Scru- about. He was a little police dog with kind of these lower jutting out teeth. Yeah. And he laughed like you do. My goodness gracious. Bill, can you find it? I think it's Scruffy the police dog. Well, I, being, Something like being, that. being a little wacky, I take that as a high compliment. Okay. <laughs> We're going to record your laugh and then compare it to his. <laughs> okay. Hey, so on a serious note, yeah. how am I feeling about the yeah. uh, situation? Yeah. I actually am feeling... Uh, fairly optimistic because it seems that with every bit of news we seem to be making a little progress toward possibly president trump retaining uh the presidency okay and even if he does that you anticipated my question good yeah. Right. Even if he Even doesn't. Even if he doesn't, I believe that a sleeping giant has been awakened. Yeah. Like uh, World War Two, mm-hmm. a sleeping giant has been awakened, yep. and people are aware and fed up with, uh, and saying, "Okay, uh, you know, we want to change our votes because this." baloney has gone on far too long yeah so i think the the even even in the event that he doesn't retain i think that the groundwork has been laid for possibly very possibly seeing a tremendous revival i i that's right rick i i think that's a really good read on it um i think you know 
it's one thing for you and me and perhaps others in our profession or my profession to talk in the theoretical for the year about what we're up against mm-hmm. and then to see it or at least to see what it can conclude with something yeah. like this in the in, in the event Joe Biden is elected. Um, yeah. That there's nothing like turning the theoretical into the actual and the influence right. that can have that right. will allow us to then say never again. Yes. Never again. All right, good Rick, point. God bless you. Keep, keep up the good work, Thanks, Seth. Seth. Thank you. God bless you. You too, sir. 602 Be right back.